Any of y'all ever experienced that love? Any of y'all experienced that faithfulness that Dustin was singing about a minute ago? Where are you going? You scared me walking off behind me like that. Nothing but the word and song. The faithfulness and the love, the healing power, deliverance, peace. Look, what the world's looking for, money can't buy. Stop and think about that. What the world is looking for, money can't buy. So why is it that we're consumed with stuff? It's all wood, hay, and stubble. Now, stuff's nice, and I like stuff. But we can't let stuff become our motivator. We can't look to stuff to stuff in a hole that only God can fill. I tell people all the time that the plan of God is very simple. Sometimes it's hard to do and to walk out and to carry out, but the plan is simple. Seek me, hear my voice, do what I say. But we get so mesmerized with what the Joneses have down the No offense there, baby, your name was Jones before I married you. But we, we can't get so mesmerized by what the Joneses have or the whoever's have. And that we try to begin to outdo one another. Have, have y'all ever seen that happen? I have. You, you'll spend yourself right into debt and you'll spend yourself right into misery and pressure and tension because of the debt that you created and the stuff don't make you happy no how. It's crazy, isn't it, Nicole? As I was thinking about what the Lord would have me to share tonight, we're still in the month of January, early in the year, and people are still making New Year's resolutions, and some have already failed in the ones they've made and have a lot of Better luck next year's going on. But I want to talk to you very briefly tonight about something that I think is one of the most important things we can talk about. I want to talk to you about three essentials to please in God. Is anybody in this place, now listen to me, don't be daydreaming. Is anybody in this place tonight that you want to fail God and disappoint him? Could I see your hand? Promise you, you'll get her done. How many of you want to please God and make him happy with you and with your life? I'm going to give you a very simple formula tonight for that, and we learn it straight from Jesus, who is our example in everything. If you have your Bibles, would you turn to John, the 13th chapter? John, the 13th chapter. I'll start with verse 1 and go through. Nine. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, that he should depart out of this world unto the Father, 
Having loved his own which were with him in the world, he loved them until the end. And supper being ended, the devil having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, to betray him. And Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things unto his hands, and that he was come from God and went to God, he riseth from supper, and he laid aside his garments, and he took a towel and girded himself. After that he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. Then cometh he to Simon Peter, and Peter saith unto him, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? Jesus answered and said unto him, What I do thou knowest not now, but thou shalt know hereafter. And Peter said unto him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. Simon Peter saith unto him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Now we know and understand that we're saved by grace through faith, through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. We know that the foundational stones of Christianity is the virgin birth and the perfect life, the death, burial, resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ and his return to catch away his children, his saints, his church. That's the foundational principles upon which Christianity is built. And from this passage, I want us to glean some things that can help us live uh, a life that will bring glory and honor to him and peace and happiness to us. Anybody want some of that? I do. I've asked my wife to stay on the stage tonight. I'll probably pay for this a little bit later on, but uh, honey, right here, right there, you sure looking good, <clears throat> no, well, we got people over here. Said Jesus rose up from supper and he took a towel. And I'm not doing this to be comical or funny tonight, although some of it may be. Anytime Glenda's involved, you never know what you're going to get completely. <clears throat> Looks good, don't it? Now, baby, please try not to kick this over. No. Said Jesus took a basin. Man, your husband showed good to you. Huh? All right. Hold up. Man, I wouldn't have no boots with zippers on them. Water's cold. How do you know your foot ain't even in it? You must put a new razor in there. <laughs> Said he poured water in a basin. I 
I know what I took here. <clears throat> First of all, in verse 1, he talked about how he loved those that were with him. He loved them to the end. The number one thing that you're going to have to do to bring glory and honor to God and peace and happiness to you is learn to love people. Bible says that he that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. The love of God transcends human understanding in most cases. In fact, I want to challenge you here for just a moment. I was talking, it's rare that I know ahead of time what I feel like God wants me to preach, and so I was dialoguing with Skeeter and, and Robin yesterday about love. Help me now, all of you. Define love. Give me a definition of love. Skeeter Googled it. Einstein said, Einstein said, that's a hard word to define. <laughs> that's the truth, isn't it, Skeeter? And as we think about it, we sense love and we feel love and we know when we're loved and we know when we love others, but to put into words and to verbalize love can be difficult. Some think that love has to be demonstrated by buying gifts, and it can include that, but just buying someone gifts is not the description of love. So what is love? Well, we know God is love. We know that his love is what drove him to a cross and him being faithful to his mission that he loved so much that he gave and he died for us. And just a simple country boy that I am, the best vernacular that I can give you about what love is, is it's, it's a strong affection for something or someone and we have got to learn to have a strong affection for one another. The Bible says, Behold how good and pleasant it is when brethren dwell together in unity and when we love one another. We've got to get to a place that we not only love God and that we love our neighbor, but we learn to love our enemies. We learn to love those that wrongfully and despitefully use us. We learn to love those that seemingly are unlovable. Love doesn't come easy. Love sometimes is hard to do. It has to be with intent that you're not going to become easily offended. You remember here a few months ago, the Lord had me to share a message about not being easily offended. If you're easily offended, You'll never be effective in leading people to know Christ. If you're offended by their tattoos, if you're offended by the way they dress, if you're offended by their speech, if you're offended by their actions and the way they live and their lifestyle, you'll never reach the lost. That's why the religious people of Jesus' time wanted to judge him and criticize him and call him a friend of sinners, and they wanted to call him a wine-bibber because he hung out with the broken. 
He hung out with those whose lives were in shambles. He made it a purpose. He had a strong affection for the lost. In fact, he said, for this purpose was the Son of God manifest to destroy the works of the evil one, of the devil. That's what he came to earth to do and to give us liberty and life. And he said things such as, the healthy have no need of a physician. I am come to those that are broken and wounded and in bondage and full of addictions and emotional scars and hurts and wounds from the past and failures time and time again. They're so hard on themselves and can't forgive themselves for the sins that they've committed in the past. Oh, they learned that I can forgive them and they accept my forgiveness and they've learned that they can receive man's forgiveness and they've accepted man's forgiveness, but they can't forgive themselves because they think they've been too bad. I shared that part of my story with you one time. I'd been preaching for 15 years. I'd been preaching for 15 years, but yet there were things from my past that haunted me, that bothered me, troubled me deeply because it, I was so ashamed, so ashamed. One day I'm driving down the road, and it was not an audible voice, but I heard the Lord speak to me in that truck. He said, so you think you're greater than me, huh? I said, no, Lord, I don't think I'm greater than you. He said, yes, you do. You're holding against yourself and judging yourself for things that I forgave you for a long time ago. Some of you in this place tonight, you know how to love God. You know how to love another person, but you've got to learn to love yourself. We've got to learn to love our neighbors as ourselves. We've got to get to a place and recognize that when we come to know Jesus that I'm a new creation. Not only am I a new creation, but I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Brand new creation in him. I'm not who I once was. What I once did no longer controls me. Sometimes the draw, the allure is there, but I have to recognize that voice. I have to recognize that temptation. And the word says to bring it captive and take authority and dominion over that thought. Take care of Take dominion over every thought and see if it be of the Lord. Don't let thoughts get in your heart. What gets in your heart, you become. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Guard your heart. How do you guard it? By stuffing it full of love. A love of God. A love of his word. A love of, his bre of your brethren. A love of yourself. A love of your neighbor. Learning to have a deep affection and a deep draw. For others that are around you. Secondly, in verses 4 and 5, we see Jesus laid aside his garment. Now, I didn't have a coat on to lay aside tonight, but we'll just simulate that. And what I want you to see is a, a picture as he laid aside his garment. I saw as I read that, he is laying aside his deity. This is God in the flesh. Walking among me, he laid aside his deity. He laid aside his desires and his wishes because, you see, he really didn't want to go to the cross. You remember those words, Lord, if there's any other way, 
I don't want to do this. If there's any other way, let this cup pass from me. But he laid all of that aside, and he became humble. He took on a humility, which humility will produce servanthood, and he became a servant. He didn't come to be served. He came to serve. And we've got to adopt that mentality and that thinking and that heart and that spirit and that passion that we don't have to be the big stud in the room. We come to serve, to serve, to serve. When we serve and love one another, when we begin to prefer one another more than ourselves, watch what God will do in your life. Say when you're invited to, to now I'm just going to paraphrase all this, but when you're invited to a big wing ding, don't sit at the head of the table because they may ask you to move if somebody more important than you comes in. That's going to be pretty doggone embarrassing. But just take the low seat and let them say, hey, come up. Come on up here. See, the Lord exalts the humble. He resists the proud, or he puts the proud in their place. How is your servanthood? How is your love life? How is your humility? How is your pride? Thirdly, in verse 9, old Peter, when he saw what the Lord was doing, <laughs> uh that ain't happening. Oh, Peter was always one quick to open his mouth, wasn't he, Doc? And he says, Peter, you don't really understand what I'm doing right now. But you're going to. But you do have to understand this. If I don't wash you, you don't have any part of me. What did Peter say? Lord, not just my feet, but my head. <laughs> And my hands. <laughs> Good thing that water is warm, huh? <laughs> Something that I want to show you. No, I don't want to show you that. I want to tell you. In those days, most people got around how? They walked. They walked. Most people wore what kind of shoes? Sandals. Sweat, dust, sandals, kind of getting the picture. Dirty job. Stinky job. No, I'm not saying your feet stink, but. But here's God in the flesh. Willing to get down in the sweat and the mud and the dust and to wash the feet. And he was getting that toe jam out. Some old blisters. Those guys have been with him and watched him do the miracles. Now he's down on his knees. 
washing people's feet. He's a servant. Now I want you to notice something about being in this position. I'm vulnerable. I'm vulnerable to be kicked. I'm vulnerable to have water splashed on me. I'm vulnerable for her to say, no, I'm not putting my foot in there. You'll never touch my foot. You're not going to wash me. I'm vulnerable. When we make ourselves be servants to other people, we're going to oftentimes be in vulnerable positions. And you're not always going to be appreciated, and you're not going to always be accepted. Oftentimes you will be rejected. I'll give you one example, and then I'll move on. I got a phone call one day. Duke will remember this, and it was extremely important. Someone had been involved in a terrible automobile accident, and they didn't think uh, the young lady would live. And could I hurry to Willis Knight and Bozier and, and have prayer with her? They didn't think she was going to live. So I hot-footed over there and walked in the room and was met with belligerence and anger and hate and was told, no, you can't pray with me. Get out. Don't ever come back. You see, you can be trying to do the right thing for the right reasons with God's blessings on it. and sometimes there are going to be people that aren't going to receive your willingness to serve. But that does not relieve you from your obligation to the Lord to be a servant. And let me inject one verse right here. If the shoe fits, wear it. If it don't, discard it. It says to him that knoweth to do good or to do the right thing and doeth it not, to him it's sin. I've talked to you oftentimes about the most prevalent sin in the church. It's not drugs. It's not homosexuality. It's not any of the things that you would list as far as dope and all those kinds of things. The most prevalent sin in the church is the sin of omission. The sin that we who have been brought up in church and saved and loved the Lord and we know we're supposed to do things and for whatever reason we just won't forgive them, for example. I mean, we won't do them, for example, forgiveness. You know you're supposed to forgive, but you refuse to. To you, it's sin. To harbor unforgiveness is sin. Let it go. Let it go. So as he served, there was a recipient named Peter that said, Lord, not only my feet, but my head and my hands. Wash all of them. See, Peter had a change of heart. Peter had a change of perspective. He went from, you'll never wash my feet, to do whatever needs to be done. He went to a place of submission and obedience to the voice of God. He went to a place to where he was willing to obey what was said. Are you? I promise you this year in 2018, if all of us, will adhere to these three principles that I've spoken to you tonight of love, unconditional love, the God kind of love, not the love that's based on a performance or what you can do for me, but loving in spite of me. Love, love will never fail. I promise you, love will never fail. But if we'll learn to love and if we'll learn to 
have humility in our life, to come down off of our high horse and to walk in humility, walk as a, in the role as a servant and watch how God will use us. You'll see your family. You'll see your life. You'll see your friends change. You'll see God come into their circumstance and into their situations, and you'll see God do what only he can do. But it's largely dependent upon your willingness to be his voice, to be his hand, to go and serve and to love. It'll be up to them to be like Peter, to obey. I'm going to take this out. Now, Nathaniel, you can come on up. I'm about done. I'm going to ask you if you just bow your head for just a minute. I know this is a very different type service tonight, but it's what God gave me to give you. I'd like to ask just first of all, if you say, Dennis, I've lost my first love and I've become cold and indifferent. Oh, I, I need to just fall back in love with Jesus. I need to have that first love rekindled in my heart. I see your hand. Anyone, anywhere? Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. In the balcony, anyone, anywhere? You say, Dennis, that's me. Yes, sir. Thank you. You say, Dennis, I've been so preoccupied with life and I've forgotten how to be humble. And I know that the Lord says for me to humble myself. And I'd rather humble myself so that he doesn't have to humble me. You say tonight, I want to make a commitment to get back to a place of humility and submission and a servant's life. Can I see your hand? Anyone, anywhere? Just say, that's me. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Anyone else? Quickly shoot it up. Shoot it right back down. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you, young man. Thank you, sir. One more thing. Talking about the obedience. Some of you running. Some of you are not obeying the things that you know in your heart that you're supposed to be doing. You're just simply not obeying the word of God. You say, Dennis, that's me. I want, I want to get back into a place of obedience because I recognize his word says is to obey is better than any other sacrifice I can make. If that's you, could I see your hand? Anyone? Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. Anyone? Very quickly. Anyone else? Maybe you're here tonight and you say, Dennis, you've been a talking to Christians and I'm not one. I'm lost. I live in sin. But I hear that Jesus died for my sins and that he loves me. And tonight I'd like to ask him to forgive me of those sins and get a fresh start. I'd like to turn my life over to him and receive him as my Savior and my Lord. 
If that's you, could I see your hand? Anyone, anywhere? Slip it up, slip it right back down. Anyone, very quickly. Very quickly. Yes, sir, thank you. Anyone else? This is your moment. This is your time. Sir, I've already said that the Word talks about if we believe in our heart, confess the Lord Jesus with our mouth that we're saved, but we must recognize that He is God's Son. He came to this earth with the purpose of dying for our sins, lived a sinless life, shed perfect blood, walked out of the grave after being dead three days, and He has the power and the desire to forgive your sins right now. We believe that in our heart and confess with our mouth. The Lord will do what only he can do. That's make those sins that are scarlet white as snow. They're gone. And he won't even remember them anymore. So could we just pray? If you mean this in your heart, your sins are about to be cleansed. Let's pray. Say, Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. I do believe you're God's son that died in my place. But I also believe you didn't stay dead. You're alive today. And I ask you to forgive me of my sins, to cleanse me with your blood, to come into my heart. Save me. Teach me your ways. Help me to learn your voice so that I can live a life that brings glory to you and pleasure to me. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, you saw many other hands go up for these other things, and I just pray today, God, that you would help us once again get back to a place of learning how to love one another and love the unlovable and that we will begin to see people once again through your eyes. And we won't really be as moved and concerned about the hows they got to where they are, but we'll be concerned about how to get them out of where they are, and that's through the power of Jesus Christ. And Lord, we just pray that our love for one another would grow we pray, Lord, that our love for you would grow. And, Lord, that you would help us as we commit to humility, that, Lord, that you would help us with that, that it wouldn't be fake or a phony, but that we would truly learn to walk in humility because in humility is great strength. That, Lord, we'll simply be obedient to your word. Help us with that now. Lord, I just ask you to, Touch all of our sick folk in the hospitals, at home. Lord, this flu and pneumonia that's sweeping the area, God, we just pray that through all of that, that, Lord, people would draw closer to you and that you would touch and heal their bodies, protect their families. Be sure to say thank you in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Nathaniel's going to give you a couple.